we move into the house, wedding of our dreams. A month in, I get the wedding photos and they're stunning. I got the photos. I'm just like, oh my God, these are so, I can't wait to post them. And I got a call from my best friend in the he world. He and his girlfriend texted me and they said, hey, like, can we come take you to coffee? And I'm like, well, no, just come over. Come look at the wedding photos. They're like, no, we want to take you to coffee. And I'm like, this is, something feels really weird about this. And Travis grabs my arm and they're like, what we're about to tell you might be really difficult to hear. You have such a beautiful name. Are you serious? Thank you. So do you. Violetta. 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 The French way is Menon. Menon. Oh, my mom has some French in her. That's nice. Well, yeah. Are you French? No. Oh. I always thought I was because of my name and I just felt it in me. And when I went to Paris, I was like, oh, this is my home. I'm back. But I did the DNA test and apparently I'm Irish, Scottish, and British. I would guess that actually with your skin tone. My mom is French, basically. Her last name is to be Gomu. And it's you're like, "Mm, I'm French. I know that. Sounds familiar. Get it. Connected. A little bit about Manon. She got known, famous from Vines. She's an ex-Viner, but she's so much more than that. She's an internet celebrity, but she's also a comedian. She's done stand-up comedy. She's known for her viral videos on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and everyone everywhere else. She does a bunch of really funny skits. One of my favorite skits of Manon is the ones where she's like this stuck-up girl at restaurants. I don't know if it's you making fun of celebrities or influencers or whatever it is where you're just like very rude at the restaurants it's like it's always very sarcastic and i just like get that sense of humor so i love a lot of your videos thank you so much yeah that's my favorite character because there's a part of me that relates but not i'm like so nice to people and like i don't ever feel like i'm entitled but i did go to calabasas high school and i watched like you know mtv growing up and so it was very easy to like mimic those characters that are just like the sun's very bright yes you that it. guys there's this video that manon has that's literally what i'm talking about and she's like this like stuck up person at a restaurant and she's like annoying the waiter and then she's like has all these requests and one of them she's like okay and also the sun is very bright can you move it <laughs> and like it's just so yeah. funny but like i think i relate to those characters too because i've always like my alter ego Aside from being daddy issues, like my alter ego since I was young, if I was like being bullied and all that was always the one I wish to wish to be that ruthless, like self-absorbed type of character. So I always like, yeah, love those stuff. Yeah. We're in LA. They're everywhere. A little more about Manon is that she is a Libra, but on the cusp. So she definitely has some Scorpio in her. She also has a Venus Virgo, which explains so much. And we'll get to that. Oh my God. I can't wait to hear about who I am. Um, she also has a uh, podcast called Serious, but with two T's, but funny. Um, she just finished her season one. So you guys should definitely check it out and wait for season two of her podcast. And she's also uh, the author of a super, super successful popular book called Funny How It Works Out. Personal stories and lessons and how I got my shit together. Yeah, thank you. That was a great introduction. It makes me feel like I've done a lot. So let's get started. How is quarantine going for you in 2021? Well, I don't feel as quarantined because they just opened up LA, but still Have you gone anywhere yet? I went to sushi. It was really fun. 
but it felt wrong. And I don't like that feeling. You know, other places, like I went to Kansas and no one cares. Restaurants, you can eat inside, outside, go to the movies. Being in LA, it's it's weird. It's a weird adjustment. But I like being home. So like I, 2020 wasn't that bad personally for me. It was actually a really good growth year. I got the podcast and the book and all this internal stuff going on. And I got to like go inward. So I didn't mind it. I don't mind the quarantine. As long as you learn from the bad moments that you'll you'll start to finally appreciate the good moments. Also, I feel like at this one, we're adjusting. Are you an introvert? I think I call myself an introverted extrovert where I'm introverted, <laughs> but when the camera's rolling, I go crazy. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, so I'm like that too. Yeah. But I'm an introvert, so I think the hardest part for me with the pandemic is that A, I already like to be alone a lot, but now I've got to the point that I've adjusted so much to the pandemic of being alone that even now, this whole week, I've been home and I don't want to go to the grocery store. It's not that I'm scared of being around people. I just forgot what it's like to be around people and I forgot what it's like to be outside. So I've just been postmating or ordering like even water because I'm running out of food and water in my house and the thought of just like getting my car to go somewhere just seems like a lot. So I think it's going to be really hard for people in general to adjust to quote-unquote regular life if we ever go there but also for introverts like now I'm like I don't know how to be outside again I would fumble my words when I started seeing people out I would try to talk to them and my words would spill all over the place and I was like I think I forgot how to talk to people because I wasn't in practice like when we're out there getting a coffee with a friend we're like building good habits all those habits went out the window. I don't have a habit of working out anymore. I don't have the habit of reaching out and going in the car. Even being in the car feels weird. Right. That's what I don't like is it's like we're building very bad habits, especially if you're an isolator and you live alone. Luckily, I've had a roommate the whole time. So I've had like a little partner in crime where it's like I'm not so alone. I would have really struggled so much if I was by myself last year. I don't know how you did. You're a warrior. It was hard. Yeah. It was hard. Like it got lonely and then I thought I should have a roommate. But then I got a roommate for like two, three months who had a dog and um, he wasn't body trained and ruined half of my house. So then I went back to being alone and now I feel like I get to appreciate living alone. That's good. Um, so tell you a lesson. I've been getting busy with getting back into work, trying to feel inspired. Do you do New Year's resolutions? I like the idea of it and it feels fun, but I think my New Year's resolution, the one I had was uh, become stronger. I had a dream that I was just, I couldn't run. I couldn't defend myself and I was getting beat up and I was like, I need to be stronger. I care about looking good and, and being fit or whatever, but I actually, there's a desire that I have to be strong to like fight. I don't know what it is. If it was a dream therapist would tell you that it means that's what you feel inside right now. Yeah. That I can't defend myself. You feel emotionally powerless. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, interesting. Yeah. All the time. Oh, where do you think that comes from? Uh, growing up. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't really have much of a say growing up. I mean, I'm an only child. I grew up as an only child. Both my parents are beautiful. I love them. We had a, have a great relationship with them now. But growing up, I didn't feel like it was necessarily the safest to always state my needs or to be myself, which was oftentimes a very sensitive person. I'm very sensitive. I can tell a lot. Yeah. You seem sensitive. Yeah. Like that's been my work the last few years is like, just share how you're feeling. It's okay because when I used to do that, it was very criticized. It was like, you're too sensitive. So I would place shame 
on my feelings. Like, oh my God, how bad am I that I even feel bad? I should just toughen up. Ah. I should just be okay. It's horrible. It's crazy though when people share stories like that, then everyone else that's listening, including myself, even though I'm sure we had different upbringings and different types of parents, because you said you have a good relationship with your parents, it's still so relatable. Like, I feel like all of us feel that sometimes. One thing that's universal that everyone yearns for is to be accepted and to be understood. That is like a craving and a yearning that everyone has in this world. And yet, we're so quick to judge everyone else, whether it's our close friends, our family members, people in the strangers on the internet. So I always find that very interesting how we want everyone to understand us and to like accept us. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, you're, you're weak. You're crying. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't feel that. And it's like, fuck you. Like, then you shouldn't tell me what to do. If you want me to accept you, you should accept me too. Well, I think that the even above all that or beneath all that is accepting and loving ourselves. I found that I became a lot more tolerant and less judgmental of other people when I started to become less judgmental of myself. Facts. And that is very true. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's all connected anyway. We're all, I am you, you are me. We're all connected. We're all the same. We're all just wanting to be seen, heard, felt, and and understood and have the safe space to be who we are, no matter what it is. Happy, happy, happy. Yeah. Or at our deepest despair. We want it to be held with like grace and love. Exactly. And that's why sometimes some of my friends get surprised if I ever respond to mean DMs or mean comments. And then my response is always like, wow, they're so classy. You really got them. And it's like, I'm not trying to get them, but it's, it's honest truth. Like when someone is trying to hurt you or say mean things to you. Now I've learned plus from my own experience when I'm hurting is that only hurt people hurt people. Yes. So when someone's really mean to you and they're like, Oh, well, you stuck in this and this, like you have to be in such a bad headspace and not to love yourself enough that you feel the need to go outside and criticize everyone else. Cause you want everyone else to feel just as small as you feel right now. Yeah. And they're projecting their own pain out there. And that actually is in the book that I wrote. I wrote hurt people, hurt people. Cause I, We'll later talk about my ex-husband. But that's absolutely right. I literally was just talking about this on my Instagram about how when I see something that doesn't interest me, like if I was like scrolling and I said how to build a gun, I wouldn't post on that page and go, this is ridiculous. I would just keep scrolling. Right. Right? Like I wouldn't feel the need to be like, I'm going to comment and let them know that I'm unfollowing them. Because I've had people like, I'm unfollowing you. Literally. And you're like... You don't have to let me know that. First of all, you can just keep scrolling. Like it takes a really in pain person to be like, I need to let them know because they're just spreading what's inside. So it's not personal to either one of us. Brene Brown says this. If you're not in the arena, blood, sweat, tears, putting yourself out there, putting your heart, showing your comedy, showing your opinions. If you're not doing that, you don't, you haven't earned the right to give your opinion. You're not in the arena. You're up in the stands, up there in the back corner. And you think you get a say on what I'm doing in the arena? Go to hell. Wow. Passion. You know what I'm saying? But now everybody has this entitlement. Like, I get to say whatever I want. No, you don't. This should never have been allowed. It's very dangerous. (laughs) You feel very passionate about it. Yeah. It's just this whole new era just in the last, like, eight years or maybe ten where... People who aren't... No, more recently, I would say. Yeah, have their opinion, and they just say it's too easy for it to come into your energy field and and maybe take you down. If you're not strong, it'll take you down. Yeah, and I've said that before when, like, obviously, I I consider myself strong. Like, today, in this moment, right now, I feel like I love myself. So if I saw me comment... I'll be fine. But then I've had those moments where I'm having a bad day and I just open my phone and I say a mean comment and yeah, it hurts my feelings. I'm just like, 
fuck, like I am a failure. Like it does get to me. And and I agree with you, but I also think because of the pandemic and what's been happening last year, people have gotten meaner because they're more miserable, which I understand. Yeah. But then it also sucks that as a public figure, you do have to be so understanding because it's also not fair. Like I'm also struggling. So why do I need to take on all of your pain? I'm also hurting. Like, can I just have a day? Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And I think anyone who says... Oh, I don't get affected by comments. They're lying. Yeah, people have gone meaner to people on the internet. They're also not thinking that we're reading it, probably. That is true, but we are. Because if they came up to you in your face, they would never say that. Well, I know me personally, when I feel hate towards someone, or like recently I had a falling out with somebody who I was really close with, and I just felt so much anger and hate towards this person, which is very unlike me. Like people have hurt me more than this person for some reason. I was feeling so much hate and anger, and I wanted to say the most hurtful things to this person. Like I wanted to hurt from my words, the way they made me feel emotionally. And I literally just had to sit there for a second and be like, whoa. Where is this coming from? Why am I feeling these emotions? Because I knew it had less to do with that person. It had more to do with me and how I was feeling inside, maybe about myself or maybe somebody that hurt me in the past that was reminding me of this person. And I have to like really understand like, why do I want to go out of my way and let this person know how pathetic they are? Because it has to do with me. That's very self-aware. I'm the one that's upset. Unless they take responsibility for their own feelings they're going to keep blaming the world and the world can't change. That's a lot to expect out of a person and out of the world. Yeah. The world to adjust to your needs. I thought good things come to the good people and then no. bad things come to the bad people. That's not how it works. And so once you, yeah, once you get closer to the acceptance as the way that things are, that resistance will subside and then you'll have yeah. an easier life being like, okay, yeah, the world's not fair. So when you think that like Manon did with the world, think good things happen to good people. The problem is that when you don't adjust a bad habit, not realizing it's a bad habit, when something does bad happens to you and you're just like, I'm a good person. Why this happened to me? Then it brings you down to like a dark place because you have not worked on yourself enough to even figure out how to deal with a bad habit like that, which we'll get into because actually Manon is here about a really interesting story that she had that I wanted all of you guys to listen and to share with you about her ex-husband and who he really ended up being in her life. But it started with rainbows and sunshines and it turned out to be completely opposite and I think it takes a toll on you when somebody tricks you like when you give pure love to somebody and you find out that it was like nothing I think it's really hard to take that in so absolutely it's the exact story of I'm a good person I've worked on myself for 10 years I've done good things I give love how could this have happened to me is there something that I'm missing lots of like blaming myself where did I go wrong rather than sometimes it's not that. Yeah. That's, that was my struggle. I really thought if I had my shit together, if, if I'm pure love, if I cleaned up my past, I thought that's when my fairy tale was coming. I thought it was the reward. Yeah. From doing all the good work. Why not make sure that if you do have a man in your life, that he doesn't feel shafted. Yeah. Get him the gift of Manscaped. I've talked about Manscaped before and I really love them. I've been giving it to some of my guy friends, including one of them that I'm considering banging. So I want it to be super clean down there. So Manscaped is basically the global leader in man's below the waist grooming. With 2 million happy customers, why shouldn't the man in your life be one of them? Even if he doesn't even know he's a man in your life. 
Who cares? The best way to get started is with the Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0. It's led by the revolutionary third-generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which has advanced skin-safe technology and features a ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It's also waterproof, which prevents a mess in the bathroom. It also comes with their crop preserver and crop reviver to help make sure he smells good down there. Plus... A pair of Manscaped boxer briefs, if he wears underwear. I know I don't. (laughs) And it's all vegan, cruelty-free, and dye-free, so you know his manhood is in good hands, especially if they're in your hands. So take care of his balls. (laughs) And right now, you can get 20% off plus free shipping using my code VIOLET at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use my code VIOLET. Please check it out. And you will also be supporting my podcast when you check out all these promos. Love you guys. Here's another quick reminder that you're single. Because I got a little Valentine's gift for you. And again, don't forget, this Sunday on Valentine's Day, if you're sad and alone, or if you just got dumped, you can also check out my brand new episode of Bad Bitch Bootcamp. But in the meantime, I did want to tell you that this Valentine's Day, why not make sure that if you do have Manscaped, I've talked about Manscaped before and I really love them. I've been giving it to some of my guy friends, including one of them that I'm considering banging. So I want it to be super clean down there. So Manscaped is basically the global leader in man's bullet grooming. With 2 million happy customers, why shouldn't the man in your life be one of them? Even if he doesn't even know he's a man in your life. Who cares? The best way to get started is with the Manscaped's perfect... charming. I had just moved to New York City. I was there for three months. I saw this DM from this man who I felt so connected to. And he said, you shine like any other human I've seen in a very long time. I'm happy to see how you're channeling your light. He lived in Australia, but he was visiting LA. I was living in New York. And I was like, oh, he's already messaged me. Like I found him and he messaged me 18 months before I found him. Oh yeah. That felt like it was destiny. Destiny. And so when I responded back to him, there was this back and forth. And then we FaceTimed that night. And, you know, I just moved into an apartment in New York City, a different one, and met this guy. I know the exact date and time and all this. I'm really weird with dates and times. And we FaceTimed. And the first thought was, oh my God, that's the man I'm going to marry. Right. I just knew it. He had the same lingo as I did and was on the same spiritual path. And oh my God, he's speaking my language. He's noticing my energy. This is basically a lifetime movie. So the first day you DM'd each other back and forth, you realized he already DM'd you 18 months ago. You're like, this is meant to be. Told you about your life. He was speaking similar language to the way you speak. So you're like, oh my God, we're so similar. And then that night you FaceTimed each other. We FaceTimed for two hours. I felt like, okay, this is my person, but I was going to chill. The next day my mom texts me she goes how did the move go and I said I said it went great and I met the man I'm gonna marry and she's like wow what a day and I told both of my texts both my parents I met the man I'm gonna marry and they took it serious because I've never said that to them that's not a thing I say I say that about everyone okay (laughs) (laughs) so people would be more surprised if I stopped saying that yeah but go on yeah so that's why I took it serious they took it serious the next day we facetimed in the park Sorry, I was in the Washington Square Park FaceTiming him. What year was this? 2017. Okay, go on. Um, in the later, in like November. I teared up. He teared up because we knew it to be true. Like The second day? Yeah. Okay. It's very intense, but also not. Like, then he told me to listen to this song. He said, I have this song. 
please listen to it. Let me know what you think. I listened to it within like 10 seconds. I started feeling something and I, I heard again, that's our wedding song. I texted that to him. I said, this is our wedding song. Like a, what could be a lunatic text right. so soon. I just felt like, oh, that's fine. He needs like, I could, I can't explain. I just felt really comfortable and safe. And he, he re- replied, I know it is. That's why I haven't shared it with a single soul. I've saved it for us. So I would listen to the song being away from him. I would like feel it. I would cry. Um, a few days later, he was to fly back to Australia, but instead he, we decided that he would come to New York to meet me in person to see like, is this real? <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait, how long before he decided to come to New York? Five days. You didn't think there was a red flag with how no. like fast on it started? No. Cause it tends to, things that start super fast burn out super fast. That's great. I know that now. Okay. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> but, guys. As much as fun as it's like what, everything that she's saying, and I know it sounds like a romantic movie, things like that are a big red flag. And even if you're so into it, that means you're missing something inside of you that you feel the need to be loved so much that you already have the idea of being in love because you're not in love yet because you actually don't know the person. Exactly. Yet. I came from feeling like when you know, you know, kind of thing. Anyway, he meets my mother for coffee before he flies over to meet me in LA. They meet for two hour coffee. She says he's a delight. I have no problem with him coming. to. So he made a stop somewhere else first. He was staying in LA at the time. Okay. So then he went to meet your mom first before he took the flight to meet you for the yes. first time. Yes. And she really loved him, thought he was endearing. We met in Madison Square Park at 515. Our hearts were beating out of our chest. We held each other. We started crying. I said, where have you been? He says, I've been looking everywhere for you. Oh, it's honestly so romantic. And if I was younger and also jaded, I would be so in love with this right now. This, Well, this is what it was. So every time I would tell this story, people would get chills. And then we spent a week together. We even had an incident outside of Eddie Bauer where I bought this long jacket because it was getting very cold in New York and I didn't have a jacket and the zipper was thing. And he got on my knee and tried to do the zipper and people were walking by like, where's the ring? Say yes, say yes. And it felt like a premonition of what was to come, right. which did come four and a half months later. I went to Australia to meet his family and then he proposed. You guys waited a whole four months to propose? Yeah. Wow. I know because we were in long distance. Well, my parents actually got engaged after a month, but that's also the old days. And my parents are still together. Yeah. When he proposed, I was like, of course, like I was like, yeah, he could have fucking proposed the first week. And I was like, yeah, like I don't, I can't explain. Like you guys are just obsessed with each other. That was not even obsessed. It wasn't even like, I'm obsessed with it. There was no like franticness. It was just like, he's my person. I don't know what to tell you. Was you the know, sex you know. Yeah, it was wonderful. You had sex the first time you saw each other. No, no, he didn't sleep with me the first night. Okay. I would have, to be honest with you, because I met my husband. <laughs> I'm like, I never called him my boyfriend. I barely called him his name. I was like, uh, to other people, I was like, I met yeah. my husband. I don't know. Right. And my uh, friends were right on board. My parents, like everybody was on board. Everybody, everybody loved, loved him. him. Everybody was obsessed. They're like, he's so genuine. There's really rare to meet guys like this. We would go out to parties. We'd dance the same. Everybody was just like, you met your person, man. And looking back now, before we get to the engagement part, in those four months, was there anything that you can look back now that felt like was a red flag that you, or that you didn't notice? It's kind of like if you guys have ever seen 500 Days of Summer, that, uh, like when you look through his eyes at first, uh, the main actor, it's all lovey-dovey. And then you go back, he goes back, and he suddenly sees the dark moments of all those times. So looking back now, can you see anything that was a red flag or not that great? Yeah, if I could do it over again, I wouldn't have paid for his flight to New York to meet me for the first time. 
Oh, which is, which by the way, when women were more in love, we don't notice a, a lot of those things. Yeah. Like he'll well, figure that out later. He worked in the coal mines for eight years. So like I knew he was a hard worker. No one right. works in a coal mine for eight years, risking their life operating heavy machinery. And he had, a, he had bought a house, but then it sold for half the price. So like he had money, all these things where I was okay, like, okay, so, so he's not, not a hard work. He just can't work right now. So he didn't have a job and he owed money. So he was a dead. <laughs> okay. But well, I learned the dead part before the marriage. Sick. Looking back on now, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have overextended myself. I would have had him, like, you know, come find me. I wouldn't have paid for his way. But in the time, I was like, I've earned enough money. Like, it's okay. I'm, I'm, of course, I'll take care of it. I found my husband. Like, I'm and, gonna not do that. And he made you feel like he loved that you're such a strong, independent woman. Oh, he, he that you're so and, successful. oh my God, the compliments. Mm. I'm the most beautiful thing. He loves everything about me to the shape of my face. You're literally a goddess. You're the most amazing. You're so much fun. And I know I'm fun. I'm a fun girlfriend. I don't take two hours to get ready. I'm very punctual. I can be very sensual, but I could also be like very goofy. Mm -hmm. Like I know I'm fun. So like when he would say these things, I wasn't like, what? This is crazy. I was like, yeah, he sees me. Yeah. I'm not insecure in that way. Yeah. So like, I wasn't like, wait, he's saying I'm the most beautiful. Something's off. (laughs) Yeah. So you felt seen, you felt love. You felt like you worked so hard in your life. Like you finally got this reward. Like it finally came like you've earned this. Like you finally got this love that everyone else around you has. Uh It's finally your time to have it. And you have it now. Yeah. So four and a half months in, you go to visit his family. He proposes. Mm -hmm. How did it happen? Uh, He took me about two hours away from his parents' house. And we went to this beach where the river meets the ocean. And we go and lay down. And then he goes, oh, let's go look at the ocean. And I'm like, no, we just got to the beach. I'm going to lay down. He goes, come on, just let's look at it. And then we go and look at it. And I'm like, that's great. And then I go lay back down. He goes, no, 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 let's look at the river. And I'm like, what are we walking around for? And then his heart starts beating out of his chest. And he starts kind of getting shaky and teary-eyed. And he's not, he's very comes across and looks very masculine and he's and like deep, uh, you know so for him yeah. like, Martin, you're the most amazing that's not a good accent but you're like I've never thought I could oh and he has an accent deep strong like New Zealand yes okay now I understand of course the guy was like I love you yeah it doesn't help no that made it worse like I get it now yeah it made it way worse he was his heart was beating and he was like man I'm gonna need some money <laughs> and I have your credit card <laughs> no okay you say yeah, he got on a knee, and, and then I said, of course, and he put the ring on my finger, and then we were engaged, and it was like, great. And then a couple months later, he worked in the mines to get some money, and then he moved over to New York, and and then... He worked in the mines in Los Angeles? We were long distance until he moved to New York after the engagement. But you said he was in Los Angeles when he saw your mom. Yeah, he was just visiting for a week. Oh, okay, because I was like, where are there mines in Los Angeles? There's no mines. Okay. So he moves over... To New York City, where I'm living at the time. You're engaged. You got We're engaged. To New York. He takes a shower. He comes out of the shower, and I see my name tattooed on his chest, and I'm like, "Oh my God, that's my name!" He's like, "Yeah, right across my heart." I'm like, you know, under any other circumstance, that would really creep me out, and I'd be like, "Ooh, we don't know, but you're my you're my person," and you know what? That's beautiful. Based on all he didn't ask for my permission, but he did it. He got a tattoo. He liked beautiful. We lived in New York, then we moved back to LA, planned a wedding. Oh, I had my bachelorette party. Then I bought us a house. Five days before the wedding, I bought us a house on Weddington Street. We had the rehearsal dinner there. Had the most beautiful wedding. Did he chip in on the house? No, he didn't pay rent the entire time he lived with me. Right. Because okay. he was going to get a job because he couldn't legally work. His promise was always men, and I'm going to take care of you for the rest of our lives. You're not going to have to do a thing. Yes, you're taking care of it right now, and I appreciate it so much. 
um, but I'm going to, I'm going to start working. And then he got a job at a fitness center and he started making money. Oh. He would always pay for groceries and he'd always clean, you know, he's very present. We spent every second together. He was a very good partner. Treated me like a queen other than the money aspect. Okay. That, so I would kind of like rationalize like, you know what? He does everything else. It makes sense that the one yeah. makes more money, especially he's so comfortable with me making more money. He's not intimidated. He's a real man. Yeah. And comfortable in his own skin. So yeah. this is fine. Emotionally, he took very good care of me. He, he, he was a very good partner. So it still felt like a full on romance to you. Yeah. Like yeah, a dream come true. Yeah. A dream, a fairy tale, dream come true. Just perfect. And I mean, of course, every relationship has its issues, but we really didn't fight much. Like it wasn't a very dramatic, uh, relationship at all. When did you realize that it was over? I think I knew it was over when I got the wedding photos. The wedding was beautiful. It was perfect. Who paid for the wedding? My dad. Oh, right. It's an American thing. Yeah. It's a tradition. Dad paid for it. So, okay. So you've been paying for your partner, you bought the house for you and your partner. And now your father comes in. So it's literally your whole family really invested in this man. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you get the wedding photos. I get the wedding photos a month after the wedding and they're out of a magazine. They just look beautiful. We look very much in love because we were. And then my best friend who was at the wedding, he was in my bridal party, him and his girlfriend call and say, Hey, can we take you to coffee? I was like, no, come look at the photos. They're like, no, let's take you to coffee. That was weird because they never did that. They took me down the street and they sat me down and they put their hand on my arm, both of them like shaking I was like, what the F is going on? And they said, what we're about to tell you is rough. Um, but just know that we're here for you no matter what. And I started shaking and I thought that they were going to tell me that either my dad or my husband had passed away. Like the feeling that I had was like, oh my God, oh my God. And they said that this woman messaged me saying that Manon's going to need a friend right now because her husband has been sending me new videos and photos and here are all the screenshots, and there's like a hundred screenshots of him not only sending nude videos and photos with my name on his chest, but Menon's nothing. She's useless. She's boring. She's not sexy. You're my true queen. She's nothing. Um, I won't be with her forever, that's for sure. Such very unkind things. I literally was like, what? What? Hold on, what? Like, my world got flipped. I've never had that feeling in my entire life. I didn't know what to do, but I knew it was him because I know the way he texts. So I went home, I grabbed my key, I packed a little bag, I sat him outside when he came home, and I confronted him. I said, I know what you did. I shared with him what it was, and he like fell to the floor sobbing, said he was sorry, and that he had issues, and he didn't know the difference between reality and fantasy, and it was nothing, and he would never do it in person, and God forbid, blah, blah, blah. And um, I proceeded for the next like 24, 48 hours to like sage him, shower him, hold the space for him while he came to his own demons for the first time in his life. You mean you you made a decision to stay by his side? It felt like the first time he was confronting his demons, and I felt for him. But then when I left the house and met with a friend, people around me who I told were like, you need to get him out of your house. But it's not your fault. I feel like in your head, you have this fantasy. And yes, it's shattered, but in your mind, you're like, you're still holding on to that fantasy. Yeah, I love the man. I love the man. And when he's like, no, I don't know the difference between fantasy and reality, which I don't even know what the F that means. It's just you're sick in the head. Yeah, and it's like, I am sick. And then you're just like, okay, let me help you. And that is the thing that us women, we do. We think we can save men i think that's our job like it's not you have to save yourself first so so i think like you're still trying to hold on to your fairy tales yeah at that point i love the man and i want to make sure that he's okay 
But I can't even imagine, like, it's one thing to get cheated on because I've been cheated on. I feel like what's pained me, like, I felt chills in my body when you were talking, was not even, like, to see the photos. One thing with the flirting, to see text from your partner being, like, she's nothing, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's, like, really? like, why'd you marry me? When that's where my heart, like, was shattered that's for same, you. Same, same exact thing. I didn't actually, the photos, the videos, or just that. I'd be like, oh, he's a sex addict. We'll work on it. Yeah, why throw your wife, your new wife, under the bus? I'm not sure. All he's been able to help you with, if, since it wasn't financial or anything else, has been emotionally. You just dropped me. Yeah. You lost me. Like, at that point, that's when I knew it was really over. But you still stuck around I, for a second. I stayed around for a while. Okay. I, I, I had him leave the house, which was hard, because there was a lot of him feeling like the worst person on the planet. not wanting As to he should. Yeah, and like you know, manipulating me by being like, I'm going to jump in front of a truck. And then I'm like, oh shit, come back. And then he had, thankfully we had a mutual friend that says, dude, you're manipulating. Don't you think you put her through enough? The least you could do is give her her space. It may be illegal to get back at your lying, cheating ex by burning down all of his stuff. But what you can do is sell all of his stuff online. So if you're selling stuff online, whether it's your lying, cheating ex's things or you have an online shop or whatever it is, then you're definitely in the right place with Ship Station. More people right now are shopping online now more than ever. And that means a lot of orders are coming in, which also means a lot of orders need to be shipped out ASAP. That's why online sellers need ShipStation. No matter how much you sell, ShipStation makes it super easy to manage and ship all of your orders from all of your sale channels faster, cheaper, and more efficiently. You can import orders from any sales channel, ship with any carrier, access discount shipping rates, automate just about any shipping task, and you'll spend a lot less time on shipping and a lot more time growing your business. I recently started to use ShipStation for all of my recent giveaways that I've been giving away um, merch to a lot of my fans. I even used ShipStation when I was shipping out something to a fan in Paris. And by the way, I'm still going to do more giveaways and there's going to be brand new merch coming soon. So don't worry. But that's why I love ShipStation. It just makes my life so much easier. And it's basically like no matter what you're selling, whether it's Amazon, on Etsy, your own website, ShipStation funnels all of your orders into one simple interface that you can manage from anywhere, even yourself which I've been using it through my cell phone. So you'll even get access to amazing discounts of major carriers like UPS, FedEx, USPS, and other ones. And you get to even easily compare and choose the best solution every time. With ShipStation, small businesses can now access the same rates usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies without the contracts or commitments. It's no wonder ShipStation has more five-star reviews than any other shipping software. So ship more in less time by using my offer code VIOLET to get 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free shipping. So just go to shipstation.com and click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in Violet to get your 60-day free trial. That's shipstation.com and enter my offer code Violet. Make ship happen. So we didn't see each other for about a month. We would occasionally check in and then we went to couples therapy for three months. Okay. Not, not living together. How was the couples therapy? It was great. It was really great. Was it the only time he cheated on you? No. So then I wrote a book and it came out and then I had multiple women reach out saying he's been doing this the whole time. I'm like getting angry for you to hear that. Because I've dated those men. Looking back now, I will never dim my light. 
for another man ever again. And I hate all those times where that person feels small and they make you feel small. And then suddenly you're trying to make them feel good about themselves by put, by making yourself small. And it's like, no, fuck that. Like, that's what you liked about me in the beginning. Like you fell in love with me for this exact reason. Yep. But a lot of times they say that what you love about a person the most is what you're going to end up resenting about them the most. Yep. That's very true. What did you love about him the most? I love that he was present, that he held eye contact, that he seemed genuine. I loved his accent. I loved his heart. I love that he seemed to really care about animals. He was obsessed with animals. He would point out every dog. He would cry without holding a horse. He was very service-oriented. Like, he he worked on a set and as an actor, but on the other days, he would just help out and lift things. You really felt like he was your Noah from The Notebook. You're like, he's good with his hands. Yeah, I also loved his, his attack. Like, we both care about growth. So I took him to Tony Robbins events. <laughs> I took him to Landmark. I took him to a masculine workshop uh, uh, up you- north in Mount Shasta while I did a feminine workshop. So we would do all these things to help us spiritually grow so that we can be the best power couple and the best for each other. A lot of things that you're saying, for some reason, it sounds like you're more of his mother than his wife. Yeah, and that's why um, he probably sought out someone who was not his mother. So when he cheated on you, did you feel like it was your fault? Did you start to blame yourself, which is a very common thing to be able to do? Did you feel like, oh, because I didn't do this or because I did this? Oh, he must have. I should have seen it. How did I not see it? Oh, it's my fault. No. Okay, maybe 2%. 2% of me over the course of the last year have thought, you know, maybe if I was, you know, less controlling in my energy, because I I don't, I'm not like verbally controlling, but I have control. I've taken care of myself. 98% of me in the moment really saw it for what it was, which was, oh, this man's in so much pain to do what he did. And I did my best not to take it personally when he did that. And that's, that's where the spiritual work showed up. So then went to three months of therapy, grieved a lot, got a lot of emotions out. The therapist called us out on different things that could have been different throughout the relationship, which was nice. But at that point, I was at like 40%, and he had two other screw-ups that were pretty bad that showed that his behavior was not changing. What was a screw-up? Oh, I like, something told me to look at his phone after the event, like a month after, remember I told you we didn't see each other for a month. We got together and something said, look at his phone. And I'm not a snooper. I've never looked at people's phone up, up until this point. And I saw it and there's just girls. Multiple. And, yeah. And one of them said, I love you. I always have. I always will. And I was like, who's this? Who is this? What are you talking? You're supposed to be on your good behavior. And he wasn't. And then I, that was strike two. Everybody said, leave, just leave. You know, the people that cared about me were like, he's not going to change. But I, I come from like, you know, alcoholism and no right. depression. And I'm like, I've seen people change. If they want to change, they can. So I, I held him to that standard. I'm like, he seems like he's showing up. He did pay for half of the therapy, showing up to all the appointments. He's so present. He's saying, I want this to work. Like he seems like he wants to change. And, you know, I did marry the guy. This isn't just like a relationship. I committed. I, I've already gotten this far. Let me just see if this is fixable. And then on Christmas Eve, I had lunch with a dear friend who I trust. And she was hesitant to tell me something, but then she did. She interviewed someone that worked with him. And she goes, oh, I know that man. That's my friend's husband. She goes, she, he's married. He does not seem married. And then proceeded to tell her all this other stuff. And at that point, I knew that that's it. 
but you know, I'm done because three strikes, I was already barely holding on at that point. But at that point I knew I'm only going to keep hurting myself. If I keep expecting him to be a different person than he is, he's not ready. He doesn't want this. He can't help it. I don't want to be at this point. I'm only going to be torturing myself by being with someone I don't even trust in the first place. He already broke the trust. It's really hard if not impossible to build on something that's broken. I could have ended it, but I gave it everything. So I was able to walk away with a clean slate. Like I gave it literally everything. And now I don't have any regrets putting this relationship to rest. I mean, yeah, I think, I think sometimes when we watch movies and when we hear stories and someone's like, Oh, they cheated. Like walk away. But we're not (laughs) that easy. It's not, especially like it's one thing in a relationship already struggled to walk away. Now you're married. Like we made, we made vows. Like marriage is supposed to be forever. Like your parents are together. They were for 23 years and they actually got married on the day that he was born, which was another universal thing of like, really? My parents got married on the exact day that he was born on his birth certificate. And I had the napkin at their wedding. We all would always joke like he was literally born for me. One thing that I thought was really interesting when we were recording that you said is that you always said he was the man you're going to marry, but you never, you realize that you never said that's my soulmate. Yeah, no, I said, that's the man I'm going to marry. And that shows up now of like, oh, so it wasn't saying like, that's the love of my life. That's the soulmate. You know, I know that he was a particular kind of soulmate in the sense that we had past lives together. I firmly believe that I already knew his soul and we had some karma to, I guess, work out. But he was just the man that I was going to marry to learn this lesson and to learn you know, in hindsight, there were red flags that I could look back and go, hmm, this was weird. This was weird. I didn't trust my gut. So you stuck around with the cheating and all that because you're like, he can fix it. He can change. He's going through something right now. And that's what happens when you get into something super fast. You both see versions of each other of who you want to be. And usually a lot of the time that your partner can be somebody completely different. And then when they start to act like themselves when the honeymoon phase goes away, that's when we start to be like, Oh, he's acting different today. No, he's actually finally showing you who he is. So what happened within the four months of them after when they finally got married and all that, when now they're together for six months was that his cheating stuff was coming out. That was literally who he is. That's who he's been. This was a pattern. Right. But the first time you saw him, you were like, oh, he's being different. Something's happening Yeah, I thought this was a a standalone type thing that maybe the wedding got to him and he just needed this two-week outburst. Obviously, the thing that hurt the most was him talking down about me. That part was more of an issue for me than the sexual stuff. Right. Um, I obviously don't condone either of it unless the other party is aware of it. Like, had he told me, I mean, these girls are messaging me on Instagram and I want to bang all of them. I would have been like, (laughs) oh my God, you're telling me about it. I love that. I'm not the type of girl. I haven't been in the past because I'm not going to fault people for feeling feelings. What I fault them for is not sharing it with me. If it's like really eating at them, just share it. Get it out of your system. That's okay. At least I'm still in your boat and you're telling your partner. But you kept that from me and acted as if and kept it separate. And that's the part. That, along with him talking mad smack about me, that was the issue. Yeah. So that's literally who he was. He was broken from the day you met. You just didn't know. That's why I used to believe in the whole like jumping into things really fast. I think I used to be like that. And I would used to accept partners like that because like I was so desperate to, to be loved, but I've grown up now and now I am a slow burner. Cause now I know. Cause like, 
When someone tells you they love you on the second day, they don't love you. What do you love about me? Let me be a little suspicious. What exactly do you love yeah. about me? having discernment yeah. and being able to question things and not fear that they're going to run away. Cause if they run away, when you start to question them, that's, that's the answer that is supposed to happen. Sometimes we don't realize that the buildup to the love can actually be just as fun as getting the reward of that love. Sometimes we just want to rush into it so fast. Like even when I watch movies, I hate beginnings. I'm so bored. I want to get to the middle of the movie already to be already into it. And yeah. it kind of explains my dating too. How I usually am because I love like a Libra. The third time your friend <laughs> tells you about his cheating ways is the third time now you're like enough, and that's when you filed for divorce. No, I didn't file until like a few months later. So that was when I just said, okay, do you basically want to call it? We'll just call it, and we were still on friendly terms. So you know, I wasn't like I'm not going to talk to you. I was just like, just so you know, I'm I am done. And I went on my my yearly Whistler trip to see my family. Balled my eyes out. And then he got sick, probably with COVID, but I didn't know it at the time. And I went and like brought him juice. I was still like treating him oh. with love, but we never like, you know, kissed or anything like that. It was just like very friendly. We didn't see each other. We just really much stopped talking. And then my book came out and I called him to let him know that my book was coming out. I said, Hey, I just wanted to forewarn you that I wrote a book. It's coming out. And I wanted to just give you a heads up that I did write about my experience. There's a chapter and I wanted to like, let you know that. Obviously, I changed the name. I'm not going to, like, tell everybody your name. I still don't say his name. Even even though he kind of technically gave me a fake name, and that's in the book as well, which makes no sense, but whatever. He gave you a fake name? Yeah. Like, he has a name, and the name that he was called by is nowhere in his legal name. Wait, so the man he married actually lied to you about his name? No. I knew his legal name. I knew it, but that's not what I called him and not what anybody else called him. That seems a little weird. It's very weird. It's so weird. I wrote the book. It came out. Then he really stopped talking to me. And I got messages from other women that said, oh, you know, he messaged me too. And I'm so sorry. I should have told you. I felt really bad. He said you guys were in an open relationship. Like every woman had a different story and experience. I don't think he was doing it from start to finish. But unfortunately, there was an ex-girlfriend of his that reached out and said, I dated him for a year and reading your story was like reading my exact experience with him. And I'm so sorry. And let me guess what song it was. Was it this song? Because that was to be our wedding song. And by the way, that song was the song we danced to at our wedding. And that's when I stopped giving an F about telling my story. Cause I left a lot out of the book and I really kept it to how I dealt with it. Not so much of like, he's an asshole and he's a con artist. I was more about like, yeah, he did that, but here's how to get through it. Because that's more important is how can I keep my heart open? How can I keep my trust open and not peg every man as an asshole? Because they're not. Right. He was. And that's particular to him. And that had nothing to do with me. I still deserve love. So I'm going to keep my heart open a thousand times because I deserve love. And but it's I what feel I like want. you literally went right away into the fix mode and like. Not the grieving mode? Yeah. I've grieved. For well, now it sounds like you grieve, but I think in the beginning, it seems like when you were walking, because you were like, and then I think he got sick, so I gave him, like, juice, and I'm thinking, like, bitch, you cheated on me a million times. Yeah, like, I know. That is such something that us women sometimes do, where it's just, like, caretakers, and, like, babe, loving him harder will not change him. That's but women, yeah. we sometimes think, but if I love harder, if I show him this, if I help him heal, if I just do this, no. 
there's nothing you can do. This is who this person is. That's it. Yeah, but I hadn't experienced that kind of betrayal before. I had a great father. I had great boyfriends. I've never been cheated on, to my knowledge, probably have, but never knew it. So in that, I was living in a fantasy land of thinking, people don't do that. That's just movies. But how do I feel knowing that also your love, like it's one thing, fuck, like being cheated on a million times, <laughs> being put down with the words. But it's another thing to also find out an ex-girlfriend. Because you can rationalize in your mind especially us women we're like he didn't marry them he didn't love them the way he loves me you know what she says she she goes he must have really loved you to marry you because there he wouldn't have with me like lucky her what a blessing no what a blessing and what a blessing that we didn't have kids all that stuff so of course i can be like well i'm different i must have been significant if you but how do you feel to know that the song yeah that that tore me up because i asked him multiple times after my book came out I was like, was our song really our song? You can tell me now. He said I never shared it with anyone else except you. This is our song. Yeah, he's a pathological liar. So that's truth. It's not me name-calling. That's what it is. He's a narcissist. He's a narcissist, absolutely. And maybe a psychopath. I've I've looked into this because multiple people after reading my book have like messaged me. And I've teetered upon sociopath or psychopath. Which I used to just hear these words and I would be like, okay, they're really dramatic. Like we don't need to like use titles, mm-hmm. but it's not the title. It's this title has these symptoms or these right. characteristics. And it's helpful to know this moving forward because then you know what to look out for because there are sick people in the world. Yeah, I got to see the reason he was so nice to me up until then was fear of me letting people know what he was up to because... I've been on a couple other podcasts where the women were like, oh my God, I would have posted the screenshots. I didn't actually speak on it for until eight months. I just stopped posting about my relationship because I brought everybody on our love story. Like I brought, I I posted. You were embarrassed. I was, well, I was embarrassed. Oh, absolutely. I was embarrassed. I also didn't want to make any rash decisions. I didn't want to throw him under the bus because I still loved him and I cared about him. But once I wrote my book, now he's not going to talk to me. I could see what was really going on and who he really was. And then I, I stopped caring so much about his feelings. And then I decided, you know what, this is my story. I get to share about it. No part of me is fabricating because I wanted to protect myself in case of whatever, but I looked it up and I was like, you can only, you know, sue someone if it's a lie, Mm -hmm. you know? So I've been very clear with that. And, you know, overall, it may hurt him, but it's going to help thousands of women, which it already has thousands of people in relationships of what to look out for and how to heal. So it's worth it. Good. Yeah. This is bigger than me. This is the reason why it happened to me was so that I could share it. So now that you've grown from a relationship, what are some non-negotiables that you have in terms of a partner? Honesty. I never had that on my list because I just took it for granted. Interesting. Just everybody was honest. What, like, what do you mean lie? Right. That's not my, you know, I have other flaws. I'm honest to a fault. I will literally tell if I'm like, well, it was 11 o'clock. You know what? Sorry. 1102. <laughs> like, it's weird. I always have to have humor. Um, integrity is huge for me, which it wasn't before. Like, if you say you're going to do something, do it. Which, yeah. Which he didn't really follow through with a lot of his promises, if any, now that we won't <laughs> see that. So I, I care about, it really matters and it messes with energy when people say I'm going to do something and then they don't do it. And it messes with yourself when you don't hold true to your word. Because our word is all we have. Our word is actually everything. I agree. You know, that is interesting. Like everyone always tells you to make a list of the partner you're looking for. And I think a lot of times we make the list of like the more obvious things and the shallow things. And there's certain things I think we don't even think about because we're not being too specific. So then sometimes the universe does give us what we're asking for. 
but we don't realize that we actually didn't ask for the things that actually matter. Yeah, I said, I'm just asking for my husband and like, yeah, someone I was really attracted to who had an accent. And they're like, here you go. I was like, dang, I should have been more specific. Yeah, the universe was like, here, I gave you what you wanted. Do you have some tips to get over a breakup? Get over being cheated on. Yeah, so for me, it took a lot of crying on the floor. I, I grieved a lot of it with him when we were in therapy. So we would do this exercise where he would just sit there I put on music and then I would just sob my eyes out and he would hold the space for me. So I don't suggest that because it involved him. But at the time, it's, I guess, what we were doing. And then anytime feelings come up, just feel them. Don't push them down. Don't judge them. So for me, it was like crying a few times a month on the floor. Doing a lot of breath work was really helpful. Before things locked down, I would go to like the den and do breath work and then just scream and really feel my feelings. Um, Another thing that's really important is just disconnecting like don't talk to them don't see them don't visually have them anywhere in your sight get rid of all their stuff all the stuff seems like kind of petty and not a big deal but it's it actually is a huge deal being someone that's very into the mind and neurology keep picturing what they did in big bright color keep picturing what you don't like about them so that the draw to them is less for me, it was really hard because I didn't have any bad memories with him up until it happened. Right. Right. So that's, I think, why I stuck around. It's not like he ever hit me. He didn't ever yell at me. Like, I had no bad memories. So that's why I think it was so confusing. I was like, but you treated me like a queen. But I had to just envision him doing this with other women. I had to picture what was bad. Now, I don't suggest doing that all the time because it'll drive you nuts. But if he ever does come up or if they ever do come up, remember the things you don't like. And then turn it black and white and push it away in your mind. And then envision in big, bright color what you dream. And is that the same? Is it in alignment? Are they of your highest good? Would your highest self be with them? If the answer is no, move on and do it one day at a time. You're not going to, you're not going to grieve them overnight. Take the time that you need. If it take for me, it still goes on. I was on a plane three weeks ago and I watched crazy rich Asian Asians. And I saw that movie with him and the girl who sings, Cause I can't help falling in love with you in that movie saying the same song at our wedding. And so I was sobbing my eyes out watching this scene on the plane. So just take your time, grieve, remember why you're leaving, magnify those reasons, focus on why you're leaving and then focus on where you're going. Yes, because uh, research shows when you're going through a breakup, your body and your heart and your physical self, you're going through withdrawals and they compare. Research shows that it's the same withdrawals that you go through uh, heroin addiction, cocaine, and a few other ty- and a few other pill type of things. Yeah. So you're going through actual love withdrawals. People actually may need quote-unquote rehab the same way they need yeah. rehab from drugs. They need rehab from love. And then when your mind starts to go back and you remember all the good things, that's your body going through withdrawals now. And the withdrawals, maybe, I, maybe I need to see them again. No, that's your fix. Yeah. So every time you close, so you know, drug addicts, they're, when they're going through withdrawals, their fix is the drug. When you're going through withdrawals from love, your fix is to remember the good memories. Yeah, when was the last time I felt the fix? Oh, it was with them. So I'm just going to go with them. Yeah. So it's a good idea to make sure you're filling your time with friends, family, things that comfort you. For me, it's like watching friends. Make sure I have that blanket. Make sure I can call someone and then just get through those first few days, weeks. Like set yourself up for success. Don't try to do it alone. Like outrage people. People like getting phone calls and like distracting. Yeah. Just being able to be there for you. Yeah. Because you need it. You need that human connection. And say it out loud. When the relationship is over, I can know in my head 
but I won't tell anyone. I won't share anything. And that's because I don't want anyone to know. Like, I feel like once I say out loud, I put it out there. Or once I tell my mom, then it's really over. So if I don't say it to my mom, then I'm like, there's still hope. There's still hope. Once I'm finally like, he cheated on me. He's the this and this. Now my mom knows he's a terrible person. And now it's out there. And I, I now I know I can never go back. Yeah, and it's the more you share it, the less likely it is to have its grip on you. Exactly. You're removing the energy out of your system right. and you're releasing it. But if you don't share it, the solution is not there. Where can people find you? Uh, my Instagram, my TikTok, my Facebook, and YouTube on uh, Man and Matthews. And then Serious But Funny is the podcast. The book is Funny How It Works Out. Where can people find that book? Online. There's okay. the audiobook, and I narrate it. And she has a great which voice. Which I prefer. Yeah, it's a really nice, it's it's good, because you can get my humor in it. If you still know how to read, you can also purchase <laughs> it online. Yeah. Is there anything you feel like I didn't ask you? No. You actually There's so much. It? Yeah, I was like, well, I, yeah, see, I'm honest. Huh? I want to be like, I have to check, because I don't want to just automatically give you a response. There's a lot you didn't ask me, but okay. I think this was perfect. Good. Thank you so um, much for having me. Did you enjoy the interview? I really did. Do you feel like you connected with me? Very much so. Yay. Yeah. I connected with you. Too. I like you even more. I like you more Yay. now, too. It took us forever to actually connect. We've known each We've other for years. We've met like a long time. Yeah, it took us like 15 or 16. Yeah, but we, I don't think we ever actually chatted or understood each other well. No, because we were always in groups. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming on. So, you guys, check out all of her socials. Check out her book. Check out season two of her podcast. Make sure to follow her on Instagram, uh, Man and Matthews. Don't forget to maybe leave me a review if you want to. Don't forget to follow the Too Talk to Be Crazy Instagram. Let me know if you have any questions. And I'll see you guys next week. I love you. Bye. Bye. Five stars. Good. Thank you. <laughs> okay, bye, guys. Bye. bye.